And welcome to the squirt. squirt. This, is this is your host, Kelly Hudson. And this is Bridie Elliott. Guys, uh, I just want to start off the show before I introduce our wonderful guest uh, by saying thank you so much for being a listener to The Squirt, uh, especially during uh, quarantine. I know I say that I've said this many times, but, you know, the sound was bad for a while and, and we're feeling much better about it now. And um, it was a like, long and difficult squirt for a while. <laughs> it's a very long, technically uh, rusty road, um, but now we're on the right track. And I also wanted to just beg a little bit um, from the bottom of my tiny baby heart that you give us some money. Consider it. Just consider mm -hmm. it. We do have Patreon. We do have a Patreon account. And if you'd like to become a patron, uh, you can click on the link in our show notes or check out our Instagram. And there's a link there as well. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest. Um, uh, psychologist Rini Shankerman, if you would like to say your profession is something else, I don't. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Rini. That'll do. That'll do. Hey. Thanks for being here. It's wonderful to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Yes. Um. So. So. <laughs> so, how do you know Rini Kelly? Uh, Rini is my therapist and has been my therapist for five years. Wow, five years. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. when you first came to LA, because that was like five years ago. It was pretty soon after. It was actually right after I got married. Wow. Um, so that's when I decided to uh, consult. And yeah, we've been seeing each other ever since. And that's and, amazing. And uh, Rini, do you specialize in anything in particular? Yeah, um, I specialize actually like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Those are my oh, things. Hell yeah! I like I like couples. I like addiction. And I like entrepreneurship. Wow! Um, so yes, that covers the three. I like those, and so it's a you know it's a. Is this uh, professionally or personally right now? Yes, and yes. <laughs> Good. Good. That's how it should be. I like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, sure. <laughs> How long have you been practicing in LA? It's a good question. Um, I think I opened my practice. You know what? I'm talking out of my ass. I don't mm -hmm. actually know. Um, 10 or 15 years ago, I'd have to actually check. Wow. And have you seen like any major shifts in terms of, I don't know, different generations, relationships, sex? Like, is there... Have you like seen like scanned like five years? Like, wow, everybody was talking about like trying anal for like five <laughs> years. And now it's like, now everyone just like is obsessed with having little boobs or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> little boobs. <laughs> I mean, first of all, anal is eternal. Everyone is always trying to figure out the questions of anal. How can we get into anal? So that's a segue. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Anal is evergreen. Anal is evergreen. Yeah. Better, just, than, better than a different color, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. Sorry. Um, this is, <laughs> I hate making fun of anal. Anal, I've experienced many a time and I liked it. And then I really didn't like it after a few times. Mm. 
Mm. I've, I, um, I think that door is shut for a while. That door is shut. I would like the door to open again at some point in my life. I did an, actually an entire episode of my other podcast, Make Me Like It, with my husband, Dan Klein, about anal um, sex with, uh, with our guest, Charles Rogers, which, who has also been a guest on this show. And uh, he tried to convince Dan and I that I should peg Dan. And I was like, hmm, great idea. Did we ever do it? No, we did. I think I got like a finger in his butt and we did that like on the air as like a reward for the audience having given us enough five-star reviews. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't enjoy it at all, of course. Um, Not of course, but uh, for this particular person, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) Did you have a finger condom on? I did. Well, I just put a regular condom on. I was like, why? I mean, I, this will be, it'll be much easier to clean off some stinky lube than some whatever else. Right. Again, I feel like I'm being insensitive to anal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think we're all, I'm just not nearly experienced enough. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I have a lot of respect for anal and maybe it'll happen again. I don't know. There was a time where it was kind of all I, well, it's all I experienced for a time. I had anal sex before vaginal sex. Oh my God. That's right. The Catholic school way. I was going to say, is that, is that Catholic? Yeah. It wasn't like at the time I I was going to a very artsy um, school that was predominantly not Catholic. uh, Um, but I think maybe it was sort of because I was known to be from a Catholic school that maybe that was part of like this fetishizing of it for wow. there was the just a cloud, that I did it with. a cloud of Catholicism <laughs> following you around. Oh, now I have to have uh, right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, have you, have you like seen us shift from like, I don't know, because like partially I feel like the Kim, Kim Kardashians, the Kardashians kind of made us all like realize how beautiful huge butts are. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was like a very good positive thing of their um, existence. Like we're all like big asses are, I mean, it's not the first time we all knew that, but like, I think they put it in the mainstream. And I wonder if you've seen like, I don't know, different generations fixate or fetishize different things. Mm. Um, generations also like groups of people, you know, I think like in white culture, there has been a, a, a thinness fetish that has developed that I think in many other cultures is not valued in the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. curves and more, you know, if you look at so much of like Renaissance artwork, you know, these are like big people like Mm -hmm. with lots going on Mm -hmm. and like to be an Italian painter and to just take it all in and to like revel in all of its like pleasurable parts. It just didn't have all that same shaming in it. So I think what I track is kind of the connection with like shame and how that inhibits and creates sexuality and what that relationship is like. So it's interesting when people feel more free when people feel better in their bodies, how that translates into like more satisfying sex. 
Wow. You know, and how I mean, that's exactly what we talked about last week, for sure. It was it was or two weeks ago, I guess um, we talked about how, yes, how you feel in your body is how you experience sex. It's really big. And, and to think that, you know, our country had such Puritan roots and still does just have this like wet towel over our faces. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah. We're all being waterboarded by like conservatism and and restriction and just restriction and squeezing even though we live in such like a quote-unquote free uh liberated country it's just we still have this like huge awful shame cloud oh so much oh so So much much and this is yeah and that restriction leads to okay then you must restrict your body and yeah, Kim, Darsh, Kim Kardashian, but really, uh... I mean, one of the things I notice is like with the women who I see who are body obsessed and who are thinness obsessed and are hooked into starvation, um, restriction, compulsive exercise, you know, that whole, that whole routine. It's really a bummer because I feel like the sales pitch in America is like, if you look like that, you'll be having the most rockin' sex on the block. Yes. But my experience is that for the people who are having these rockin' bodies, they're not having the best. That's not what's happening. Those things aren't lining up. Um, In fact, when they're in relationships, there's so much energy going into negative self-obsession that actually, like, the relationships break down, but there's so much body obsession, um, that it creates inhibition, um, Mm. uh, and disembodiment. And it's just, it's such a bummer that the thing that we're all focused on doing and being, and we're supposed to, it's not actually equaling up. So that's one of the trends that I've noticed over the last, you know, 20 years of talking with people, you know? Yeah. There's sort of like, I I felt just because I feel like Instagram is sort of the only connection now to the zeitgeist of how people are feeling. And I, you know, I scroll, I don't even know that I followed these people or not, but I like, there's so many quotes about like self care is loving yourself daily doing this, this, that like, it's all, you know, the same way it's all very like, you know, aesthetically looks beautiful and, um, it's very pleasing to the eye to see this like self-love is accountability. Self-love is this. And it does raise like, yeah, it makes me feel crazy a little bit of how now we're like on this weird hamster wheel of, you know, robotically kind of like learning to love ourselves and kind of being fed the way to love yourselves is by looking not necessarily looking at instagram and like reading these quotes but like <laughs> this weird kind of i don't know what i'm trying to say other than like this new age ism stuff has kind of been hijacked by capitalism and like now it's kind of been, been fed to us back to us like okay yeah you, you have to have crystals and like beautiful luxurious hair and like you know be this Masks, like amazing mask. earth mother yeah it's i don't know it's so annoying how everything that is good is like you know good at its core like it's good to love your body it's good to you know 
balance your body. So if you feel like you've been, you know, whatever, you feel like you've been eating too much Coors Light, <laughs> um, like then you can take a you can take a break from it. But like we, we're not taught that balance at all. Right. We're, taught, we're just like, taught the rules. And yeah. then I see it like I see the rules on Instagram of like the rules of what you should do every day. And it's like it's so individual and we're all being, I don't know, treated like cattle always <laughs> in every weird corner that we can. And I love that stuff because some of it is inspiring. And then other times I'm Very like, true. I know it's kind of hard to like condense like ancient wisdom to like a pithy Instagram post, yeah. you know, and Pastel like claim and, and like, you know, it's like, how do I even connect with this at all? You know, um, one of the things like, especially about like the Instagram, did I just call it the Instagram? I'm sorry. I did that. Can we, are we rolling? Can I redo that? I didn't call it the Instagram. Go again, go again. I, I, I called it Instagram guys. You heard me. I said Instagram. <laughs> Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Um, just the kind of, um, you know, the, that, that whole activity of Instagramming, right? That whole thing of, is so numbing and so disembodied and so detached that like mm -hmm. to think that like that's where we're going to find how we feel like safe inside and can then be intimate with people or partners, I should say. You can be fucking anyone. I feel like that's very easy. But like to actually build intimacy and connection when you're really pulled out of your center in that way mm. is just like folly. It's just folly. Um, one is very numbing and the other one is arousal. <laughs> so mm. it's like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like how, yeah, like, that's so interesting. It makes you horny and also makes you like a zombie. <laughs> it's horny like, zombie. How are you gonna? And I think like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, as I recall being like single in the world, it was like, okay, like it didn't matter what was happening. You could always figure out how to go like, fuck, that was no mm -hmm. problem or whatever. But to actually be like in a committed relationship, especially during COVID and to be like living through all of that we're living through in terms of fear levels um, and tension levels in the body and isolation levels. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and then we're staring at the screen. I'm just like, good, good luck, everybody. Good luck ever getting aroused ever again. Good luck. That's a good segue, I, I think, into yeah. eroticism and horniness during COVID-19, which has come up constantly. Um, I, I feel like I'm having like a little bit of a sexual renaissance right now, and it, it might coincide with, you know, post being, having been pregnant and having raised a baby the last year and feeling like I'm kind of blossoming. It's just kind of a funny, stupid time for this to be happening. <laughs> but I- It's a but, great time. And then on the other hand, Bridie, you know, infamously has not been horny. Infamously dry. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, uh, it's not yeah. even dry. It's, um, I had a breakup in May and it was a big one and it's still very, uh, present because old emotions are just recycling in the air I feel it's just really hard to be like oh May was three months ago that feels like it was two days ago oh wow. um, that's crazy but I have truly a like my speaking of numb I even masturbating is a difficult endeavor for me right now um yeah, yeah. I've heard that from people actually as well mm -hmm. you know just feeling so kind of you know, low grade depressed and uh, just, you know, the body's just not sparking 
you know, mm-hmm. in that, in that way always, which is normal. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's totally normal. Totally common. Right. This is a crazy, dep- <laughs> you weren't in your own personal grief. You'd just be living in like the general grief that we're all living in. Yes. And then to have your own concrete, specific, you know. Relationship yeah, grief. Totally. Mm. It's the worst. Breakups are the worst. You doing okay, Bridie? <laughs> yeah, can't you tell from my uh, my whiteboard of like crazy ideas and my. <laughs> You're like I'm um, good. I'm just I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm I'm learning to I'm learning to love myself. I'm in a very dark room. <laughs> I've I've read the lists of the self care lists. I got it all down. I'm doing pretty well. I've I've definitely like had some weeks where I'm like, oh, I've turned a corner, and I feel like you know, like oh, a new leaf is happening, and my skin is shedding off. Um, but then I've had weeks where I think too, this being the like sort of back to school month is just anxiety inducing that like there's this back to normal roboticness of right now that's not real. And I feel like everyone's kind of fighting against this weird tide that's of complacency. Um, while also gearing up for this election, while also like grieving this relationship, but, um, I'm doing okay. It's just like truly hard to say every week is different. You know, I wish I like had more of a, you know, like rung, runging of the ladders, um, that I could point to like, well, this week I really dove into this, you know, part of the healing journey, but it's all (laughs) random. (laughs) It's all random all over place more like cyclical and waves less like linear climb yes. like mm-hmm. and then I achieved acceptance mm-hmm. um <laughs> I found myself I, totally at peace yeah <laughs> it's I'm over. just sitting yeah. on a mountain I'm sitting in Griffith Park right now it's beautiful no, I'm just kidding um but yeah how are you Rini <laughs> um in COVID specifically I mean I'm very I'm I keep saying to like my clients, it's like, I'm, I'm the same. Like there's no, no amount of education, training or experience gives me an advantage during COVID-19. You know, it's like, we're all in this together. We're all going through it. Um, I'm learning as we go. I think the only advantage that I have is that I see into like a hundred different little squares and I can start to get a sense of like, what are patterns that start to arise? What are these invisible waves that we all seem to be riding? What are some of the phenomena? But basically I'm living through it too. So I also feel this sort of um, shift into more like survival, you know, just going like, okay, so the gig today is to not get sick. And like the gig today is to be really mindful and wash your hands. And I'm not someone who likes to stay um, super, super indoors. I like to go, how do we, um, cause I'm like, I was cool for the first three months. I was like, okay, cool. Like everyone go indoors. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Let's do it. This will be a great story for the grandkids I'll never have. Let's, let's do it. (laughs) It was very disappointing when there was just another season because everybody (laughs) fucked it up. I mean, who could have predicted how many layers of fuck ups that we'd be sitting here in August still doing this when everyone, not everyone, but in lots of places, people are like having barbecues and sitting at cafes and riding in gondolas and like, having life happen and we're you know i think my in-laws just literally not 
I don't think it's called a gondola. What are those like funicular things that like go up a mountain? I think they were just like in one in Utah. They just sent a video. Oh, fun. That is a gondola, actually, a different kind. Yeah. Yes, that's probably yeah. a gondola. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, they're out there. People are having like concerts and shit. Yes, you can see Smash Mouth. All your favorite oh, yeah. bands are <laughs> right now. Um, I wonder, like, don't you feel, or am I feeling this, like, kind of vortex? Because I do have friends in Montana. I have friends who are in rural areas who are like, come out whenever. And I, I truly have no, like, work keeping me here necessarily, but I do have this feeling of, you have to like stay out this storm here. Like there's this weird, I feel close to my community, like somewhat more closer than I have in a, a while. And a lot of like authentic um, friendships have sort of cropped up through this, that like we're always sort of on the peripheral and then it's suddenly like quarantine end of the world. And we're like, hey, we were, <laughs> we should have hung out when it was normal. Let's <laughs> hang out now. Um, that vibe is happening, which is nice, but like, it is the atmosphere here. I don't know. I feel like there's plasma around Los Angeles and we all like are just stuck here no matter what. <laughs> are you um, feeling that, Rainy? You know, <laughs> it's feeling the plasma. The, the, yes, I do feel the plasma, by the okay, way. And I drove, I drove out of the plasma a couple weeks ago. Ooh. I drove out to the desert. And I actually felt as we like left the like energy field around mm -hmm. this, as you just left it and it felt completely different to get out of the plasma. Totally. Yeah. Um, I will say like, I'm amazed at how many um, people are uh, thinking about, you know, given the new world, do I need to be here? Am I thriving here or am I existing here? If I could be anywhere, where would I be? If time were short, who's important? What's important? Um, you know, uh, before we become uh, climate refugees, what about uh, thinking about this now? I mean, people are starting, I mean, it's just, it's kind of interesting, even like Brady, you know, just being like, I think I need to be here for now. Just even thinking that you had, like, you never even thought about it. You just knew you had to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all just a given. So everything now that was a given is sort of a question um, as to a lot of feeling of uh, a lot of insecurity. And obviously people are feeling pretty destabilized, you know, yeah, on a lot of levels. It's, you know, I was talking to a psychiatrist in, in a consult a couple weeks ago and I found him to be incredibly compassionate. Um, someone was feeling pretty sick and anxious and, you know, there's a pressure to like over medicate people. In, in that field. And I was really impressed with him being like, look, this is a scary time. And this, this person feels scared. Like I'm not going to over medicate them. Mm. And I thought, wow, like you never hear that from people, but like, this is really like legit. People's bodies are affected. People's minds are affected. Um, and again, I'm in it too. It's, it's like when I, mine is like, um, I'll go into like my work tunnel for the week and I'm, I'm cool. I have structure. I have meaning and purpose. I'm connected to people. I'm of service. I have all the structures that help me like do well. Mm. And then like it ends on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, I have like a meltdown <laughs> because <laughs> after you come out of all this structure into the structurelessness, 
you're like, God, where are we here? Like what happened this, like the suffering level, like where are you just, it's, you just like, I, you know, it's like a whole emotional thing to have to like release that almost every week, like some amount of grief that's piled up. Yeah. It seems like you're just taking stock all over again, being like, what? I feel like I have that every night. I don't have a ton of structure. My structure is taking care of my kid. So I get to be of service to him, but like any sort of like um, fun work feelings of like having accomplished something haven't been around for a long time. And then like a work structure hasn't been around for a long time. So I kind of have that almost every night for a while there. I was just sort of looking at my husband being like, what is this? What are we doing? Why are we here? What's going on? What do we do? Like, yeah, it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. On the yeah. Losing it a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> are you seeing as a trend that, uh, <laughs> that Bridie is in the, is in the um, majority here of horniness levels during COVID? Um, being reduced. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, Mm. Freddie. Um, And that's true. It's funny. It's true for like the, like the single people who are, you know, there's like a lot of, right. So there's like single people and then there's like coupled people and there's married people. And like, actually none of them are killing it sexually right now. (laughs) Like, like no one's winning. (laughs) No one's, no one's winning. (laughs) No one's winning. Um, You know, I think who's winning is like, you know, for, uh, for like, like, like for the married couples that I have, you know, for people who have a strong sexual rapport in their relationship and whether they're raising kids or whatever or not, it's like that exists, whether it's super active right now or not, no one feels particularly worried about it. It's like, everyone's kind of in the acceptance of like, we're all living through a lot of crazy stuff and we're pretty on top of each other. And so you know, part of what's hot is like whatever is not happening now. Part of just like what's hot is like what's over there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's something about like just again the some of the grief, some of the complexity, some of the enmeshment, just being together that, you know, I think part of what's nice is people are like going, we might just masturbate and love each other and like we'll see each other when this is over. Like, you know, it may be too much to ask some people to also add sex on top of what already feels very, very intimate and overlaid, you know? Right. Um, especially if your house or if, if your apartment is smaller, if you're, you know, if you don't have a lot of space and you're, you know, it just depends, you know, but you're that's just a lot of what... each other all goddamn day mm-hmm. to make the choice and, to actually touch skin for a while. It'd be like, all right, that's a lot to ask, man. It's a lot. It depends. Right. So there's like couples who have like a very strong like rapport in this way and like, it's okay. And then there's you know, like on the opposite spectrum, people who are like living alone and are, haven't been touched in months, like people who are yeah. like, haven't had hands on their body, Oof, you know, it it's like, you not, guys. it's I not okay. You. Right. I see I you out there guys. I I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> with you. <laughs> it just so makes I, me so sad to think of all the people. Oof, if so, I think who's winning in that category are people who are like finding like who, how do we safely yeah. navigate this you yeah. know how do we get um you know i was talking to some clients like who are so who's who's a fuck buddy like okay so there's no like boyfriend or girlfriend like exactly when the musical chairs came down and covid quarantine came in like you were, <laughs> right. you were okay but like 
not getting touched for a year probably isn't a great option for people's option. like well-being, you know? Right. So it's like, how do we problem solve here? You know, how do we actually prioritize, um, you know, how, like, yeah, you're going to need touch. Like, what's the safe way to do that? It's not always sexual. Sometimes it's just like, how do we, you know, is there, is there a massage therapist who comes to visit? Like, you know, even just touch, you know, just like healthy touch that makes our lives and health better, you know? Mm-hmm. So whether you have a fuck buddy, you have a good massage, like what are the, how are we getting that need met, you know? Right. But it's a need, not a luxury. It's a, it's like, how do we get that need met? Right. Yeah. I was on the apps for a second because I was trying to um, get the train moving and there was (laughs) like a couple of people that responded like, Oh yeah, do you want to play cuz it was a pretty sex it's a pretty sex forward app for I don't know, couples, sing, single people, everyone's on it. Um I was but on it. I'm on it. Kelly's yeah. on it. I swiped I swiped over you one day. You did? What's, I'm sorry. What's the app? Field Field F E E L D. Okay. I just like googled good apps for married couple open relationship that kind of thing and that was one of them and it felt like more like there were so many options for like genders and sexualities I was like oh these people get it and I didn't realize like I think it's mostly couples on there um yeah it's very sex sex positive sex forward app not hookup like you say your desires and stuff it's very specific um but which I was into because I like can't emotionally attach to anyone right now. I'm not there at all. Um, but then it was like, sure, let's like hang tonight. And it's like, oh, well, you have to get a COVID test. And then like people were saying, oh, but I've gotten it before. I have the antibodies. And it was like, well, you know, I don't know that about you, dude. Like um, it was a very interesting thing to like hear people kind of side sideswipe the conversation of actually getting a test. And then someone said that they would get a test. And I went off the app for like two weeks. Cause I was like, I don't, I can't do it. And then like today he was like, look at the test I got for you. I was like, I don't, are for we you, all just like on different timelines with how conversation works? Like I stopped uh. responding to you and he was like, I got the test finally. And it was I like, did so much work for you, baby. <laughs> and that's an, also a problem because now people get tested and then you feel obligated to fuck them. And it's like, well, I don't, <laughs> I, I need to smell a person before I like even know, you know, I need to like see the person and meet them. Totally. So it's voice. Like it's that's such a, a weird, very bizarre thing is that you just yeah. like, never hear anyone's voice. <laughs> Yes, no. <laughs> or know what their stature is like next to you, you know? Like, are they like six, six, or even if they like list their height, it, it's all very strange. Yeah, it's it, it's so, and I also, I know pretty fast if I like, yeah, their dick size is listed. Everyone's constantly like, yeah, like eight inches. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I know look, people I'm just are imagining like, a ruler. <laughs> I know I can't imagine what that is at all. I don't know inches. Me neither. Well, Me neither. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting time where everyone has different rules of protocol. I went on one date and he was like, no mask or masks. And then he was like, can, can I get a hug? And he didn't have a mask on. And I was like, oh, I'm not there yet. And, and then we 
socially distanced walked where neither of us had masks on, but had them in our hands in case someone came. But I was still like, this is crossing a big boundary already for me. What am I doing? But the boundaries are so new. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah, like yeah. weird boundary is so new where like this bothers me. I don't do, I hadn't been doing that, you know, with anyone um, walking maskless. Uh, so it's weird how everyone has different ideas and different assumptions um, about what is safe, you know, because mm-hmm. this person was like, well, my, I feel now like I'm blasting him because he was actually a really lovely guy. <laughs> So maybe, so maybe I, but I that's the weird thing. Like, it's not like it makes you a bad person. It's not a bad thing. It's just that He's we all sweet, like don't guy. know what to do, you know, and all have like our own relationship to rules in general, you know, um, and what this, because there's like totally a part of not like, not really so much with masks. I don't have much of the mask rebellion at all. Do, do either of you have it in you somewhere? Do I rebel masks? Not at all. No. But no. like, I have no. a lot of friends that just like are like, like I uh, am sick of this shit. Yeah, you know? What? Uh, yeah, we're all sick of it. We're all then, sick like, of it. Put it on, you idiot. I mean, one yeah. is a feeling and one is a behavior. So it's like I can feel angry and annoyed, but yeah. also I can behave. Right. You know, yes. always behave. If I don't I have, have to, like, any act out my drop. feelings. It's it's we're in a problem. You know, I don't have a drop of rebellion. I do have like a a moment sometimes where I'm like fuck and like pull it off, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so itchy and sweaty. This is horrible. It's horrible. I know. I know. Yeah. Do you think masks will become part of <laughs> sex life, or maybe like I think, I think masks future? have been part of sex life for a long That's time. That's true. Yeah. It's true. And those people are having a ball. <laughs> They're like, this what else can time. we, yeah. <laughs> what else can we strap around my face? <laughs> I got them in latex, baby. You I do can't, wonder. They're not breathable. <laughs> not breathable. <laughs> <laughs> not breathable. You will suffer. You, you will asphyxiate, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do wonder with kids, are kids going to be way more like, I don't know, obsessed with kids' eyes? Be- I don't know. Oh, like, what I are know. we the levels of attraction and like coming of age right now and being socially distant. It's so weird. Can you imagine if you were like, I don't know, like a, like, like a needy, horny teenager, if you were like 17 years old. Oh no, they're like, and like you yeah. couldn't be with your, you know, person. And this was such an, an injustice and you had I'd to like so mad be with your parents all the time in the house. You didn't have any autonomy yet. And, Oh my God. You know, I mean, oh, all your friends are at school and you can't see them. I think, I think that might be the worst. That it is the worst. Be. Yeah. I think I if would be a- working my ass off to just convince them to be like, we need to be in a pod with his family. Okay. And we're just going to, please, please. I have to see him. <laughs> that that's by the way sounds exactly like the conversation my my friend is having with her college age son's um, family and his girlfriend. Oh wow! There's like there's like squealing and begging. It's like I don't. I'll quit my job. I'll quit my job. I don't even need my job. Just I'll do anything. Please let me come sleep over. Please, oh. you can cut off my legs. <laughs> Young. Yes. Yes. So desperate. I remember just like having to visit my grandma one time in high school and I was very obsessed with my um, uh, partner at the time 
and oh god I was I just remember just like listening to my music the whole time just like obsessed like I'm just gonna listen to Nine Inch Nails the whole time and like I brought my own pillow because I want to smell my room smells and like I'm gonna talk to him on the phone and like of course just like you couldn't talk on the phone for very long if you're like I was three hours away in like a different town so there was long distance and oh it was the worst it was just like a 24-hour trip and it was still (laughs) just like oh devastating 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 imagine I mean pretty much there's a I mean there's no shortage of suffering I don't I don't mean to say that I think the adolescents who are horny (laughs) have it worse obviously people are living in all kinds of conditions yes it's just um it's a state it's a different state of mind the the suffering is tremendous. I didn't mean to be insensitive. <laughs> Anyone who might be offended by the idea of horny teenagers having it the worst. <laughs> but if you ask the horny teenagers, they'd be like, for sure. Of we have course it. Yeah. we have it the worst. Oh, yeah. Completely. Oh. So something we talk about on this show a lot is, um, or this is kind of what our show is about, or what we wanted it to be about, but then it became about COVID-19. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. never ne- like never has like squirting been yeah. so like far away as this yeah. COVID-19 oh yeah, my god squirting yeah. alone in an empty room um it's a, it's it's a so no word for COVID <laughs> no one wants to hear squirty next to COVID-19 <laughs> no they don't want to hear it's gonna involve particles um droplets wet droplets droplets. it just just means like more laundry more dishes more work more Mm -hmm. just yep just more work so what we usually talk about or what we want to be talking about i'm sorry no 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 No. not not you uh is uh like the unusual things that turn people on um and that's something that i think brighty great topic yeah it's something that brighty and i uh bonded on i think just like weird shit i mean we definitely bonded this isn't unusual but we bonded over david bowie's dick in labyrinth of course which was like an early <laughs> presence. That is specific yeah nice yeah. it's an early presence in both of our lives oh um, david bowie's dick yeah and the idea <laughs> of being a hot. very young woman in the presence of david bowie's dick and like being trapped Mm. in this world where he's treating you like a toy and it's like he's evil but he wants you he's evil but he wants you and you're so far away yet he keeps appearing oh wow um that's 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 an that's an unusual thing that it's it's very hard to put your finger on what's exactly going on there um but i don't know it's it's David Bowie is liquid heat. He's, I don't know, he's eternally <laughs> yes. hot. We have talked about David Bowie in therapy. I, I will offer that little bit of private information <laughs> is that I've brought him up before I will not. and been like, Rini, I'm having a problem. I can't stop thinking about David Bowie. And you were like, he's very hot. Calm down. <laughs> our So our first, Kelly and I hung out once and like kind of talked about David Bowie. Then the second time was just us and we watched the make of labyrinth very hot with like david bowie being like i can't believe she's so young i'm she's such a good actress she's She's so young so conley is incredible we're like and then our third (laughs) hangout was watching the hunger with david bowie catherine deneuve and susan sarandon and it's like this really sexy lesbian vampire movie with like david bowie at the 
in the threesome with them. And it was just like the horniest mm-hmm. hangout. It was me, my then boyfriend, and then like Kelly at the other, like end of the couch. And we we're just like, can we put these um can we put these in the show notes so that i can go back and what to watch i actually feel like i'm behind in my david bowie eroticism collection yes that movie especially the hunger is the hunger really beautiful i've only ever seen it in the presence of brady (laughs) 80s movie dawn of our relationship (laughs) and it was a magical time it's it's really good yeah um but yeah do you well, Kelly, what I guess you, I was kind of leading, leading to, to <laughs> I guess I just wanted to talk about like what, like the weird things that turn people on, how those, how those develop. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very complicated question. It seems. Can I have it? Yeah. Can I say, give an example? Go just for it. Yes. Specificity so, would help. Yes. Um, I had a, uh, a ukulele teacher who was like really um you know I love this story not, I'm like stop right there I'm in <laughs> not um in any <laughs> like way like an like a uh what I would be attracted to in you know I don't know I I never know what I'm attracted to though it it always just like appears but yeah. he was an uh, older man um, Birkenstocks wearing, um, like Hawaiian shirt, uh, khakis, and I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Did he, he have a bad belt? Sweet ukulele. Yeah, he had a bad belt. But that one was, of Brady's turn ons is getting, bad belt. Yeah, just like really, oh. there's something like dorky and sweet about a bad belt. Like it, because it makes me think of like this guy that's like, I'm a man. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, you have like this cute (laughs) brown belt on and it like makes me, I don't know. It turns me on how like innocent it is, I guess, when someone's belt doesn't match their clothes well and their khakis are sloppy. Anyway, one day he was, um, singing the song it's still rock and roll to me by billy joel on the ukulele he was like what's the matter with the car and i was literally like i want to fuck you fuck this guy's brains out right now (laughs) oh my god and it was like kind of a did like a dingy apartment set up in like this like very mm. you know messy studio with like a dog that always smelled my crotch when I walked in the door and it was just like all very just like kind of stinky and like horny and like ukulele and yeah he played it's still rocking up rolled me on the ukulele and I like yeah I got did you fuck him on. no how old were you there was this was a few years ago this was okay. like three years ago there was a moment after our first lesson where he kissed me on my cheek and I was like that was going on I feel like that planted a weird seed it planted a weird seed and then I did walk his dog with him and I was like where is this going and um but you know he has he's in a loving relationship now I see on Facebook um but I'm I guess I'm just wondering why am I attracted to brown belts (laughs) like bad brown belts sweet Um, innocent bad taste Oh, I wish I had an answer. I guess my answer is I really don't know, but I, it's something that if I was your therapist, I'd be like, let's explore that. But obviously on a, 
podcast where I'm not your therapist. I'm not sure what my role is, but also let's explore that. World, Tell me more about that. If it's the end of the world and this is like a mini therapy session, I'm like, we're all like going into lava right now. And I'm like, why do I love this? <laughs> <laughs> That's your role, Rainy. <laughs> you know what though? I mean, part of it is like the, I think sometimes if if something is causing someone distress, it's helpful to understand like why that's happening so they can feel more in control. But if something is not causing you distress and it's actually causing you joy, I'm not sure what the benefit is of, of like analyzing it and understanding it at that point. Interesting. I think there's something in like sexual wellness to go like, I don't know why this brown belt, that's a cheesy brown belt, like with like cinched pants is working for you. But if it's not causing you distress, I'm sort of like, you go girl. Yeah. yeah. Get that on really, that brown belt. That reminds yeah. me of, I just listened to an episode of Savage Love where a woman called in and she was like, okay, what the fuck? I just like ate cheese and like for a second I got like this twinge in my vagina. Like I was turned on and I'm not, I'm not turned on by food. I don't, what does this mean? And he, and he was just like, <laughs> what? and You're he was just like, hey, enjoy it like it's doesn't have to mean anything like and also just like that happens randomly sometimes your vagina also, does whatever the fuck it wants do you know the kind of pleasure centers in the brain that get um titillated when you eat cheese of I, course I, it travels down the nervous system like cheese is totally yeah um that's pleasurable true. it's it's like dumping uh like dopamine in your body of course wow. you feel it of course you feel wow. it wow i didn't totally. know that I don't think I mean I I'm lactose intolerant of course so I won't Ooh. I won't be able to know that but that's what I understand. That's what you understand about it. I understand about cheese that it is uh 4th of July in the brain. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you think after I don't know I think some everyone's kind of lactose intolerant too. This is getting <laughs> off topic but <laughs> I, 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 mean, I have found that I'm lactose intolerant, but I was never diagnosed. I, when I was a kid, I just ate through it. I was right. like, I, I will overcome this. I will just I will have, have diarrhea I will have my, Yes. I will have mint ice cream and I will have diarrhea. And now I'm like, that's a terrible thing. to have diarrhea. That is actually force feeding myself something that makes me sick is abuse and right. how to sort of skew toward a little more self-love, a little more self-care, a little less self-abuse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as we age yeah i don't know i mean some things are like you know um one example that comes up a lot is like around porn and like what kind of porn people like oh yeah for sure that's a weird um, one for me how so oh just because the porn that i like is uh really repulsive <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh from a from a what is it objective uh whatever it is um from like a i guess a like a fly on the wall yeah if you're just surveillance like a everyday sexually healthy person you might look at the things i'm watching and be like oh my god that's horrible like um do you want to give us an example do you want to I, I have to well, um okay so i mean one kind of there was one that i was very into for a while which was just like inexperienced old men it's very much in line with brighty's thing uh like having forceful sex with young women um then there was this whole i i can't stop watching japanese massage porn and there's something about japan where like this the like groping and fondling is so um 
just so rampant in their porn it's just like very and like the woman is always like you know and i'm talking about straight porn here there's also there's also like women doing this massage to other women and and it's very not it doesn't feel very lesbian it feels very performative um but there's but it's just this whole like we're groping you you are being tricked right now um into doing this and then like suddenly they're fucking you know it's just like and it's some of these videos are like an hour long and it escalates and escalates and escalates and and to me it's like oh this is horrible like and sometimes (laughs) i do feel bad afterwards (laughs) (laughs) so in Never times where it causes it like some some sort of distress though so it's like worth kind of trying to check in consciously yes because you think know about with like what's going on i'm like i know are they real actors or are they like being taken advantage of and think about all the times you know it, it all harkens back to i think my obviously like i having been taken advantage of like many times and i <laughs> And feeling like I was tricked, you know, and I, it's just distressing that then that like turns a switch for me. And I'm like, suddenly this is very sexy. Well, it lets you have mastery over something, you know, in your masturbation, it lets you master it. And it's an important part of it. That's not the only thing going on in porn. It's not the only thing going on in masturbation, but it is one of the like aspects, you know, that is, uh, if I was raised with some sexual violence, for example, then part of the porn I watch is me now not terrified, not shame, you know, but like actually masterful over it and right. able to make myself calm, right? It's like a different, it's the ego's way of trying to gain mastery. In I a win. Certain way. Yeah. Like I won in this situation. And I was the one. And coming. it's important. And it's important, but it's, again, it can, it, I think where the trouble can go in is like, if it gets kind of rigid, not if it's just kind of part of like an erotic tapestry, right? But to yeah. the extent that it becomes like rigid and you can't perform without it and it's a problem and it causes intimacy blocks and you can never yeah. get enough See, and that's you feel where hollow I don't inside, have a problem, which is good. then we have issues. But yeah, it's, it's, some of that stuff is like primed in us from our experience some of it is and by the way some of it not not even experience some of it's like cultural just cultural mm. messages different mm. how porn in different countries just looks like just plays with different mores yeah and like sex in japan which is a culture where people like live with their families and on like like have different avenues for their eroticism right um mm. and it's just kind of interesting to watch how it all plays out I, Corey and i have this debate in our house which is Corey's like, your wife yes she is yes and her uh her porn is like i i can't like i get way too triggered <laughs> like i'm always like someone's being exploited that's racist like i'm uncomfortable everything mm-hmm. that basically would turn other people on i'm like activated by and i like, can't i can't do you can't like unplug from the social implications the, i can't i can't i'm like that that young woman what's her story like i can't i i there's it's not for me but there's like some artists i will say some Mm. there's some like like female um porn artists who are create is that what yes i I don't know i i mean i call myself a creator and if i made porn i think i would call myself a creator i like that (laughs) all right change approved great so there's like (laughs) 
so there's like some female porn creators that are like, they seem to be, and this may or may not be true, but they seem to be kind of more in charge of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of reduces the, the like trigger thing right. because they seem to be like an empowered yeah. sexual being. They seem to be like an empowered businesswoman. They seem to be like owning it. It doesn't feel like it's exploitative or traumatic or abusive. It actually feels like this is like someone using God's gift in a good way that feels good for them, you know? Um, and works for their relationships or whatever. Um, I have like the other, so like I, I can, that's where I, that's where we can kind of meet in the middle. But like my thing is like, actually I'm not really looking for like the visual cortex to be uh, stimulated. Like it's not, it's not a visual. I'd like to be auditory. I like mm-hmm. all the, uh, the audio erotica that's out there. Oh, now. nice. Yeah, there's um, a ton. And, like, ton. And like Corey hates that. Like she's like, get <laughs> me out of here. She's like, where's the hard core disgusting fucking and I'm like I don't know that's this isn't it but like um so like you know there's nothing I just feel like there's there's nothing wrong with it I feel only if it gets rigid and it causes issues then we have to sort of go all right how do we bring consciousness to this but otherwise I kind of feel like if there's no harm being done go for it ladies you know you want to you know uh you want to fuck your cheese you want to you want (laughs) to you want to hump that belt like you want to poop on my stomach? This is not for me to judge. Whatever. <laughs> right. If two consenting people decide they want to shit on each other, like who? Like I am not Go here for to it, block you guys. that. I I'm love not... that. Has I... there been something for you that has like surprised you where you're like, wow, that turns me on, or like something seared into your brain that was like, wow, that was really hot, and there's no reason for it to be. <laughs> um. <laughs> What comes to mind? I don't know. Um, do you guys have? I, I have to think on it. I need to think of one. Like, what's really hot? Oh my God! This what? This is this isn't real, but this is sort of real. There Ooh. was um, a friend of mine sent me a, a a meme about or a screenshot about uh, Kamala Harris is Bet Porter. So for those, oh, of you, if you ever Bette watch Porter the L word, right? So yeah. If you so they there's like images like someone like sought out images and like put Kamala Harris next to Bette Porter, and you realize they're, like, the same person. And I was like, oh, that's Jennifer Beale? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, Jennifer Beals plays Bette Porter, yes. and she is Kamala Harris, and we're all <laughs> so- like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, it's Kamala's, like, top energy. It's really hot, you know? And I'm like, all right, so that's a new one. Who Like, I wasn't, wasn't looking for that, but okay. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that happened this week. I was excited. Yeah, I think I've told this story before, but I was watching Mr. Rogers like a very old episode and I was suddenly like, okay, he's actually, yes, I would fuck him. I I was watching it with my son. My son was not aware of any of these thoughts, of course, Um, but I had that thought and then he was visited by this man that was not Mr. McFeely, but he was a different delivery guy and he was super hot, like, oh my God. I was like, where did this guy come from? And I, I just like, was like, okay, well they have, they should, this is like, I, I've got a whole like fanfic going now of these two like people that are just like so genuine and sweet and like just trying to educate children. And suddenly I just ignited. Yeah. Yeah. What you were saying earlier about being the master over my Bayesian or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think partially, 
part of like the non horniness too is that if I like were to go to a restaurant, I feel like there's always some dynamic with a waiter or waitress where there's like, oh, I could read into how you said that Wait, a little what bit. Is, what did the lady say in Hawaii? <laughs> Something like, I think you would really like this. She just said it in such a like very <laughs> sexy way about the soup and like really like, yeah, it was so good and nice and like such a really like soothing, but also like, ooh, I feel a little bit let on and that's that's what I like using- in a waiter or waitress a little bit. Like I feel a little bit like I'm getting... Oh, well, this is real. This is, I mean, that was real, but this is very um, recent. I went and got my uh, tooth capped um, the other day and this dental hygienist was super flirtatious with me and oh my god that's saying right. that my mouth my mouth was really, like really really juicy and that you know yes. she she doesn't feel attracted to her girlfriend and she, she told just like you that she doesn't feel attracted to her girlfriend. <laughs> Boundary just, alert. Boundary and she, alert. And she took off her mask at one point, took it down to talk about like, oh, like it's just so hard because like I don't want to fuck her right now. Stuff like that. Like the yeah, the boundaries were not there. And I was so I was so like first like very soothed by like, wow, this is a normal-ish conversation in the world happening. This is this feels good. And then I was like, oh no, the mask is coming down. And and now she keeps talking about how juicy my mouth is and kind of like doing this thing because I had like saliva coming out of my mouth because their hands were in my mouth, kind of like twirling my spitter. <laughs> really hard to discuss. It was super sexual. I have to say it was like the most like sexual and I was not horny, but in the past... Um, this is like, there's more to the story now. Holy shit. <laughs> but in the past- <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. I have found going to the dentist kind of like weirdly erotic to me. I've never been like attracted to a dentist or like, but there is something in the same way, Kelly, cause I've watched the same Japanese massage porn, mm, like something good. about laying down and like just being like, I am completely out of c- control. You guys have your hands in my mouth. I'm just like sitting here watching you guys squirming around, do whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. There is there is something that has always turned me on about going to the dentist. Now, yeah. this was that's like a, a yeah. That's a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> that is that right? is fully that is actually fucked up though. That is <laughs> this yeah. woman should that be is fucked barred. up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I thought about the word calling, Dennis, but yeah. I've thought about calling, but she was also very friendly. So it was like, no, <laughs> nope. I have to go in because the cap isn't fired. Right, so <laughs> yeah. Well, to be continued. <laughs> I had a very awkward, no, it's, uh, I had a, I'm just going to like be brief here, but I had a horrible experience at my old dentist where she, I loved my dentist, but then her, she had several assistants and two of them were playing a prank on the other one and like making me be a part of it. No, they're they were so like, let's here. trick her and tell her that this thing. And like, you, you say it, you start it and then we'll embellish and then she'll believe it. She believes anything. And I was like, I'm in <laughs> hell. This is actually hell. And I'm like, why is this happening with the dentist? What, what is going on here that this happened to you too? Uh, not the same thing, but just that you're like- Dennis hijinks. You're hell, yes. 
They're just so bored, I swear. Helpless to their hijinks. Have you heard that dentist uh, dynamic at all? Yeah. The dentist one is really rich, obviously. Part of it is like you're going to someone and submitting to someone, right? You're lying back, you're in their care, you're in their power, they're going to make you feel better, they're going to help you. You know, it's all very loaded. And then there's things like just actually like just like the body, like when the mouth is open, like what that does in the body compared to like when the mouth is shut, you know? Interesting. And it seems like it like might make you sick or something like you just like I feel I've felt nauseous before when I've been like in a really prone position. I guess I would say like not necessarily in real life, but in the fantasy version of it. Right. Actually, in the real life, it's pretty creepy. Can you yeah. imagine if the dental hygienist who was, uh, what if this was a man, like face raping you was, was a man, you're right. That would have been a terrible, yeah. like terrible invasion. Right. So yeah. I think there's something between like what's erotic, like in the idea and in the fantasy and how it actually plays out, you know? And I think there's it like loaded in the imagery of submission and dominance and care and being strapped down and having someone like enter you. Or, you know, uh, you you have to submit because you're out of control. It's all just very loaded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, not hard to understand why that would be, like, a power play for someone and be very erotic to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think the smell of the dentist causes me disgust. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think of, like, that whole smell and yeah. sound, I, there's no way I could get aroused. Like, there's, like, zero chance. Yeah, but I, just... I could – but, like, if there was, like, a politically conscious – porn about it like I, I could see how that would be like like a good stage for it to happen but like irl like, packed full of empowered women who are making their own choice to be there making a ton of money like getting you're giving your money directly to them by watching this porn then <laughs> then then you're in then i'm in <laughs> exactly exactly i mean like the like those like with the japanese massage porn i haven't exactly seen what you're talking about but yeah. um I, I guess I'm imagining that, like any of the senses, that's part of that's part of getting turned on. Not part of like fucking, but part of getting turned on, right? Like, yeah. what are the what are like the sounds, the smells, all the visual and verbal, and you know, sometimes it's like muscle yeah. relaxation or muscle like flexing. Some people totally. get turned on like flexing, like, and so I can kind of see like in like the, the Japanese massage porn, like how the relaxing of the muscles is like. Everyone knows you know, like pleasure is coming. Like this it's is erotic. interesting. Yeah, something something that I realized recently, probably in therapy with you, um, was that this whole like I'm like I think I want to be tied up. I think I want to be tied up. I think I want to be tied up. Probably want to be tied up. And it's like, oh yes, I totally do because not only is like touch my number one love language but like I just want to be off the hook I think I think I've just been been very conditioned to give 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 and like my job is to like look hot lure in partner get partner off and this has been with men and women uh get partner off as much as possible once they start getting up in my grill I'm like it's okay I don't need that even though it's like, oh, I totally need that. I totally need that. And I, in fact, want you to lock me up so that I have no other choice. And that's been exciting to think about. 
it's like it fits that rule of like whatever you don't have is what's mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like if you actually felt really tied down in your life, if you actually felt very oppressed in your life and yes. very overpowered. Um, and choiceless, you probably wouldn't fantasize about the release of all that, um, uh, like responsibility or whatever, but it's because you, you know, do constantly and take care constantly and are in charge constantly and are the adult constantly and always caretaking and always that like, what's erotic is like, what if my hands were tied and I couldn't do that? Yeah. And so it's like, falls in that rule of like, whatever is this, is the space you're not in sometimes is what's hot. Mm-hmm. Kind of part of like the whole like moving target thing of like what's hot. It's like there's yeah. some ma- like mainstays of hot, but there's some, a lot of it is like <laughs> moving. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mainstays yeah. of hot. Yeah, Elliot Stabler. Elliot Stabler is a, ma- a mainstay. <laughs> Wait, Elliot Stabler. Who is that? Mm-hmm. Is he from a show? Um, Law and Order SVU. Okay. Oh, wow. Ooh. Chris. Okay. Chris Maloney uh, is his uh, name. Yes, yes, but, Chris Maloney. But I don't know. He's I a don't mainstay. Have a <laughs> I don't have a relationship with Chris Maloney. I have a relationship with Elliot Stabler. Yes, right. Of course. Like he's like he's always hot. Yeah. Right. And or whatever your thing name? is. What's the woman's name? I have a relationship with her. Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, Mariska Hargitay. Benson. Mm-hmm. I have a big. I have a relationship with her. She is soothing to me. She is. Yes. Yes. She soothes she's amazing. me. Amazing. She's beautiful. She's very. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like her. And she's very unattainable. <laughs> she's way too married to her job to settle down. Anyway. Um, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. I feel like every relationship she would get involved in, it was something would go wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was going to um, say something about oh uh something i've kind of dipped my toe into recently uh with someone i met on an app was to kind of see what it would be like to be a sub in a dom sub relationship oh this okay yeah um and so this is with a person who has a lot of experience with this he proposed maybe i could be like a remote dom to you and like text you things to do and like it's you send pictures i yes i yes he will ask for pictures yeah he'll be like um you know after you come i want to see a picture of you like after like you know just like a selfie basically uh and like if i mess up a little i messed up because i didn't capitalize daddy in a text and I got in trouble and I had to spank myself. Um, and I was like, okay, here goes. I've never fucking spanked myself with a brush before. So I'm going to do it. Hurt way more than I thought it would, guys. Um, and mm. it was very exciting. It was like, okay, I'm never going to forget to capitalize daddy again. <laughs> and like, what's going to happen? Like, what's my punishment? Like, or what do I, I got like a reward after that. And that was. Did you have to give him evidence of the spanking? Uh, yes, he asked to see a picture, which I had taken a picture of my pink of butt. Your, of, of your red butt? Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. And like... Nice. I love the idea of you doing these this settings like a busy city street or like in line <laughs> at the grocery store. Just like picture of you after you come. 
I'm going to see you in Lassen's. <laughs> he's a very Smiling. kind, he's very kind. He's like, whenever you get a chance, like he'll be like, when you get a chance, because he understands like, I live a life, like <laughs> I'm married, I'm a mother. Like He's a polite you know, dad, when dom you have a, daddy. Yes, he's like, whenever you have some privacy or want to do this or whatever. So I'm, I'm dipping my toe in it and it's been good. Like I've had like a day of it and I was like, this is cool. Like, I have a really intense fear of getting in trouble, like forever. I've just been like, please, I don't want to get in trouble ever, ever, ever. It's like the worst feeling ever. And now it's kind of neat to know like, okay, there's going to be consequences. Um, but like, they're not that bad. And I know what they are. We know what the boundaries are. I trust this person. I mean, I don't trust, 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 trust them. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I have the control here. And the remote thing, because of COVID, is like helping, I think too because to just dive into someone's dungeon you know and just be like all right i'll, I'll try the little sub thing uh, that sounds insane but this has been like a nice total toe dip it feels therapeutic cool, cool. well it it's like you said it like it feels like you're mastering My this thing that used to feel really yes. shameful and shitty and now you're like actually it's kind of fun and you're mastering it it's like part yeah. of the thing yeah, I'm starting cool. to like realize lately that like shame's completely unnecessary. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Almost in all ways possible. Like and it's just dominated my life for way too long. Right. Yeah. A very small amount of like healthy shame and then the rest is toxic for us. Big you know? garbage. Righty. I wonder if um Rini, if you have any advice like um for our generation like what specifically we're lacking in terms of our maybe sexual love relationships uh love lives like something the connection that we like struggle with um especially in this time because i feel yeah. like we're all re-engineering you know relationships yeah um, you know, there's two things that strike me. One is that we're living through a time where we feel really scared, just very acutely right now, you know? And um, so, so much a part of like good sex, like is that certain balance of like safety and risk. You know what I'm saying? Like that's such a part of sexual wellness is that there's enough safety that you know you're not gonna be harmed right? And that you have enough security to know that like your needs are going to be met and that that, you know, ratio, like a safety and risk, like helps us become erotic. Mm -hmm. And when we don't feel safe, then that reduces our eroticism. And I think that's partly what's happening right now mm -hmm. is just that there is really a different kind of like, we've all gone back a couple notches on the hierarchy of needs, so to speak. And instead of being like at the top of the Maslow's pyramid and being like, ah, oh, let me think about my self-actualization and let me think about my human potential. It's much more like, how am I going to get through today? And are mm -hmm. we going to be okay financially? And who do we know who's sick and what's going on? And mm -hmm. who can we help and who's in need? And there's so many things going on. And are we going to be okay? And how do we deal with the devastation that is our planet? And, um, you know, the the stakes of this election, you know, just like, there's just a lot 
you know what I mean? And so it's, of mm-hmm. course, I just want to kind of like normalize for people whose libidos are a little bit impacted. I guess I just want to kind of say like, yeah, definitely. That's healthy. It's healthy that you're not like compulsively fucking uh, right. because you're like, oh, I'm so horny during this time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, that sounds like a, like a normal thing um, mm-hmm. in, in that way. And I guess the other thing that strikes me about just like the generations, because I'll say like, I'm kind of, I'm identified as like a Gen Xer mm-hmm. and I, really remember that like life was totally fine without all the phones and the internet and the social media like we were all really fine Mm -hmm. and I think we actually had more um in-depth conversations more embodied conversations we had more time together it was less transactional it was less about likes Mm. and agreement and more like about a lot like you know just connecting and yeah. I think with the internet and with COVID but even without COVID just kind of this generation I think has a real crisis of connection mm-hmm. that with all the ways we have to connect people feel more isolated than ever mm-hmm. totally. and I think in terms of like you know your own inner eroticism um the isolation I don't know it's it's a crisis level I think honestly I think people really need the connection I think you guys know there's like that whole online thing about the guys who are you know uh what do they call them the involuntary um oh incels involuntarily celibate yeah yeah like that's a one expression of this but like in other words just it's it's important that we actually have like healthy sexuality it's important that we have good relationships it's important that we figure out that we're connected to each other, you know, whether it's our social justice work or, you know, our inner erotic work, it's like, we have to heal this part, you know, this mm-hmm. is like part of our, like what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Like humans haven't been great about making uh, peace um, and understanding like the oneness, like we haven't been good at that, like as a species. And so it's mm-hmm. like, here we are, you know? So anyway, I think like just for, um, for the good sex, I think that good connection is just part of it. But I guess somebody else might say, I prefer to have good sex with people who I'm not really connected with and I'm not, I'm not here to argue. But I think generationally, I think the loss of connection is really striking. Yeah. And I hope that we can all do in our lifetimes an amount of healing that helps correct for that, you know? Agreed. Well, that was really great squirty advice very squirty (laughs) so squirty thank you so much for being a guest today and um yeah are are people who you're talking to saying like uh like you guys talk about squirting specifically with we have mentioned it several times yes and we basically (laughs) we basically have a conversation about like what is even squirting like what's the fluid uh who does it who doesn't? Bridie has squirted before. I have not squirted before. Um, yeah. I hope to someday because what a show that would be for everyone. Bridie, are you in charge of that reaction or does that reaction surprise you when it happens? It surprises me. Mm-hmm. And Bridie yeah. was convinced it was pee. And then we found out that it's not necessarily pee. It's, it's no. part pee. Part it can pee. be pee. Yeah. See, it's part it's pee. pee. Yes, I, no, this I, is I, the theory I, I've been oh, saying this whole time. It's partially urine. It's part yes. pee. It's yeah. part pee. It's part, it's part like, what is it? Like water, you know, like fluid and like, there's like, it's like glands sort of like, around your clit. I believe there's like a PSA chemical that's in it. I forget what that yeah. stands for. I, I forget what it is. It's like, 
piss and water and a little bit of chemical. You get some cum in it, but only a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so we have like a little. Mostly it's water. Mostly I think it's water. Little testicles in there going on. No, those are our ovaries. Never mind. <laughs> so they're not producing any of that. <laughs> it's been um, a, yeah. It's, it's been yeah, a minute. The first time was Waterworks. It was, it was a really big, big explosion. Show. Yeah. Show. That's so cool. It was great. I mean, well, it was at the time I thought I just peed in his bed. So I was upset. But I know there's like shame it was fine. with the squirt, but it's actually know. fucking awesome. I know. So fucking cool. Was he, was he cool? Was he GGG or was he, or was he shitty? He was a GGG. That's, yes. that's a good, good giving and game. Give, good giving and game. Yes. I like it's that. Sort of a shorthand for like sex positivity as opposed yeah. to like, being like, ew, it smells like tea. What have you done cool. to my bed? You messed up my sheets. <laughs> like get out of here yeah uh, oh i was th- i remembered uh i will leave you guys with this one image of i remembered an image of this guy seeing a hair on my nipple and being like uh, literally just like, i like, hate him so grossed out <laughs> by like one little little like hair, hair kind of like poking out I was like, oh my God, that's so weird that then we had sex. Like, I would never you were just tolerate that shit now. You were younger. I was just, you I was just a young lady. Yeah, I was a young girl, Catholic. Wow. <laughs> but anyways, hairy nipples Don't. are normal. Chill people. Um, <laughs> they're very chill. Thank you, Rini, so much. It's my it's my pleasure. It's so good to um, meet you and good yes. to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Happy, happy, happy squirting. Great. All right, happy guys. Squirting. Wait, I'm going to end it here. Uh, guys, uh, keep on squirting. squirting.